and welcome to another Magnificently Huge podcast. I'm Eric, I'm doing a quick intro, and then we'll be joined by Chris and our friend from high school, Brian. So it's going to be a collection of three asshole buddies just kicking it and talking about James Bond. Uh, James Bond films are favorites of ours, but we had to admit, they kind of suck. And there's a lot about them that needs to be disassembled. And a lot of this podcast seems to be talking about things that we like, but hate about the things we like. And so Bond was the first thing that came to my mind for that. There's so much wrong with those films. My my wife uh, uh, and I had a discussion after we recorded this. What did you say, honey? Uh, James Bond is cool without the women. He doesn't need the women. They're like these... Yeah, they're disposable. Uh, they're just there to remind you that he's not gay. And uh, often they're just targets that uh, he has to keep from getting shot. Uh, I don't know that we touch on that too much, but there's there's enough wrong with Bond films that we we take issue with. Anyway, so we're, we're doing that. And here's the thing. Welcome to Mag- Magnificently Huge. Uh, so that's that's Eric over there. Hi. Uh, and then yeah, we we did I think all this in the intro though, didn't we? we did we? Probably did. Oh, anyway, who knows? I, yeah. But this is I don't. It's in the future. But this is Brian to my right. Yeah, that's that's Brian. Oh hi. Uh, hey Brian. Uh, he's the uh the other <laughs> uh triad uh to magnificently huge uh from back in the day when we were uh. Striving very hard to be failures uh, in interesting ways. Um, yeah, and but, an interesting bit of comedy, I feel, in that I kind of, I, I, I cobbled together the engineering for these horribly recorded podcasts, and Brian actually knows what he's doing with uh, <laughs> sound engineering, so he's been he's been suffering through our previous shows going, this sounds like shit, <laughs> which he's, and he's right. <laughs> yeah, so wel- welcome to the show, Brian friend of the show thanks um if this sounds like shit it's gonna be an aesthetic choice yes that's what they always <laughs> say bat bat on purpose i think was invented by somebody who didn't know what they were doing <laughs> it's sort of the it's the 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 media version of i meant to do that yeah but j- just remember uh we are better than dave to <laughs> No one's better than Dave Ducati. God damn it. <laughs> we, oh, shit. We have to do a show on Dave Ducati someday. We have to. The, I, 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 mean, I mean, people are only starting to recognize the, the bizarre anti-genius of Golan Globus, <laughs> but they probably don't know Dave Ducati. Uh, unless you worked in a video store in the 90s, you don't know that name. Truth. I, th- I think we'll we'll put that one on the slate and we'll uh, kick yeah. it around like a puppy. So for today, uh, in this show that may or may not be heard by anyone, because of course it is kind of a test uh, of three-way calling and you know spotty engineering, uh, wanted to do uh, a talk about Bond films because it seems like we talk about things that we actually like, but we bag on them mercilessly, and I think Bond films are the perfect. Uh, uh, subject matter for that because we love Bond films, but oh my god, they're so bad in so many different ways. Truth. I was thinking we should title this episode, I Expect You to Suck. Yes! 
<laughs> That's yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I hope I hope I hope I recorded that because uh, yeah that's that's the perfect uh, name. So to start things off, um, what is the worst Bond film and why? And don't say Moonraker. Everyone says Moonraker. I kind of like Moonraker. I'm just gonna go on record. Uh, so suck it. All right. I'm going Spectre. Fuck Spectre. Oh, it was so awful, wasn't it? Oh, gee. that was that was pretty bad. Ah, oh, dear. I just I want to punch it in the ball sack. It was so bad. Yeah. Uh, you know what I realized watching Spectre though? Uh, Bond films are like Republican presidents because each current one is so bad it makes you realize how good you had it with the previous ones. <laughs> it's like the the you know because everybody I remember hated um, Quantum of Solace, which I kind of liked. But Quantum of Solace looks like uh, Fanny and Alexander compared to Spectre. <laughs> I'm glad we're agreed on this. I was really afraid one of you was going to go to bat for Spectre. Fuck Spectre. Yeah. No. I, I, I liked that a lot. I thought that the, the you know, again, we're talking about dumb things of Bond films, and they always seem to interject something over-the-top dumb, like a special hotel in the middle of nowhere that runs on hydrogen pellets that fucking explode yeah. mm-hmm. as a, you know, as a lair. Bad choice, but just the whole, otherwise, good film. I've just, the Lair Inspector exploded, and there wasn't even the excuse of the hydrogen. It just blew up. <laughs> it just I'm exploded. Because sure <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie. Shut up. Yeah. It just it, we'll, we'll just explode it. That'll take care of it. Boom. Yeah. Done. But... But yeah, Spectre was Spectre was one of those... It's like somebody said, let's get back to the way Bond used to be. You know, dumb and just not explain things and have him chase a jeep in a a, a propeller plane and uh, I I, uh, I can't count the number of things yeah so we're all in agreement that Spectre was uh, pretty awful did anyone pick up that, that Q could figure out that the last three movies were all connected by taking a ring and placing it on his laptop <gasps> peripheral that is designed to scan rings God, I forgot that they catch tried that? to retcon that in. Fuck Spectre. I'm like, but, 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 he had something on his laptop. Not his normal computer, like he had to call down to IT to get the ring scanny thing, but it was like in his laptop because, you know, you scan rings, and he's got the thing on there, and he scans the ring, and it tells him, hey, the, the last three supervillains are sort of connected because I checked on my ring scanning well, thing. Well, here's the thing. Did, was there a logic piece that I missed there? No, no. Here's the, here's what you're you're overwashing though is that the the pinnacle plot point of that entire movie was that Blofeld is somehow uh, inadvertently uh, a brother to Bond and that. has daddy issues. Yeah. I thought that really <laughs> that's what you're going for. <laughs> Yeah, it's like <laughs> my daddy liked you better, and so I'm gonna kill everybody. I have a hypothesis that says that Sam Mendes and and Daniel Craig were like, well, shit, they're gonna keep asking us to make these things, so let's see how crap we can do this, and maybe not have to do it again. Well, here's with, I with think, Sam Mendes. I think though, there's a larger lesson, though. I'm sorry, I think there's a larger lesson here for all filmmakers that try and do reboots, because when he says, uh, I'm Erst Stavro, 
Blofeld. It is almost the same thud impact of I am Khan. It's like you can't recreate the actual moment that worked in the last film. Well, when he said it, I really just wanted wanted the the chipmunk meme from the internet. Uh, (laughs) I mean, that's pretty much uh, would have sold it. But the thing with yeah. Sam Mendes, it's, it's so Spectre pretty much is the American beauty of the Bond franchise. Oh, uh, do tell. Well, I mean, you got all the daddy issues and all that stuff. Uh, and the girl is like half his age. Yeah, I don't want to get into a thing, but it's Sam Mendes and it's American beauty. Uh, and then the thing, which is sidetrack uh, with the one prior to that, Skyfall, um, which I enjoy, but I think I've talked to you about this, Eric, briefly. I didn't. Um, where it, basically the whole third act is essentially with Nail and I, um, and it just throws me off track every oh. time I see it. Oh, we went on a holiday on accident. Yeah. And yeah. You, and you, yeah. And you've got, you got the creepy old guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the rumor, the rumor is that the old guy at the end was written with Sean Connery in mind. Yeah, that would have been an awful. And they got I don't know, I so... kind of enjoy watching it pretending that that's who it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, but instead you got uh, Albert Finney parading around like his Albert Finney thing. Uh, so Doing to me, a he's... Scottish accent. Yeah, yeah, but he's like the creepy uncle from With Nail. Uh, and the whole thing Oh my just... god, I can't believe it! <laughs> no, watch, watch it again. Watch it again, and then just think with Nail and I, and you'll lose your fucking mind, because it's exactly what oh they did. Oh my god. I think I'm going to throw up from laughing, because like, <laughs> now you say that, and I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. you're absolutely right. Uh, I'm so sorry for what this is doing to my levels, Brian. Oh, um, well, whatever. I am I'm spiking in the red here <laughs> with with my cackling. Uh, I'm pretty Jesus sure the goal Christ. on any of these podcasts is is to get you to either laugh like that or like go into a spittling rage. Well, it's like, and well, that's the thing is people aren't going to know this. This is like full on inside. But like the first time that Eric watched uh, Naked Gun at your apartment. <laughs> And was like, <laughs> and every time they did a gag, he would he was on sitting on his stomach and hugging hugging a pillow and burying his face when he laughed, but he would inch closer and closer to the TV. <laughs> what was the movie where he kicked a guy in the head in the theater? Oh, that was when we went to UHF. Oh, UHF, yeah. And I fell on the floor in the theater. I fell on the theater floor. Yeah, yeah. but it serves that asshole right because there's like five of us in the whole theater, and he decides to sit in front of us. So yeah. he deserved getting kicked in the head. I think it's funny that that was 1989, the year when there were so many huge blockbuster successful films, and everyone goes to that film thinking, "Oh, we've had a good run of luck. This will be a good film." <laughs> and I think everyone hated it except you and I, and we were, you know, of course, just laughing our balls off. Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Going to the theater with Eric is highly recommended, especially <laughs> Lethal Weapon Two. <laughs> also 1989 yeah yeah, that was yeah a good year. so the scene at the very end when the when the shipping container falls on the bad guy and eric just stands up in the theater full voice screaming yeah fuck you, fuck you. and it gives him like a, <laughs> it's the like the double finger <laughs> okay but in my defense that was a gag because i'd seen it i worked at that movie theater 
and that's the end of the film and we I had to see that 40 or 50 times because we're watching from the back waiting for the movie to break so we can clean the theater and so I knew that part was coming up and I was like oh this will be funny and you know what it was <laughs> uh, diplomatic immunity it's just been revoked uh, so E did, did we get your least favorite Bond film gah I, 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 I think uh, I think I gotta go with Spectre I think not just because it's bad, but because Casino Royale was actually a legitimately good film. Like, if yes. I had never seen a Bond film, that film works on its own. And then they basically sold out the promise of what they were going to do film by film until they got to Spectre and just said, you know what, fuck off. I think you've pretty <laughs> much you've, you've, na- you've nailed every uh, actor who's played Bond his uh, entire run. It's like they, they they start good, and then uh-huh. by the end, it's just like, I don't know what the fuck we're doing. Let's just throw some cash at the screen, and people will come. Bleh. Yeah. Actually, yeah. yes. Uh, Except, yeah, George. La- I think George Lazenby is an interesting uh, example in that, because that is the best and the worst George Lazenby film, the one he did. <laughs> I can't argue with that. Uh, yeah. I can, but I'm not going to. <laughs> There have been other good George Lazenby Bond films. Uh, yeah, yeah, that that's a, that's a sacred cow for me as far as Bond goes. That's the Lazenby, uh, and it's yeah. got so much good stuff. But at the end of the day, it's still bad. It's just I don't know. That's that the thing. The funny thing about that that movie is that it's it's the one that rejects so much of the shit that I don't like in Bond films. Like the fact that he has an actual relationship with a woman, that you know, it's not just a a prop that he has to you know swing it on a vine and save. That it's not just quippy lines. There are stakes in the most minor way, but there's certainly more stakes than there are in other Bond films. Yeah. And I think that's because they were for the first time really true to the novel. And he actually infiltrates something. That and Casino Royale. Sorry. He actually infiltrates in uh, Secret Service. Yeah, he does actual yeah. spy junk. Yeah. yeah. And he also bones a lot of chicks. Yeah. Because he figured out how to use a ruler <laughs> to get through the uh, the highly secure sliding doors. <laughs> well, again, Bond films, they always have... Okay, that. Oh, that, I guess that's the next uh, um, note I had that we can lead into. The, the Bond what-the-fuck moments. Every Bond film, all of them, have that one thing. It's like, this whole thing is silly, but now we're going to throw something so silly at you, it's going to take you out of the movie. And normally that's a bad thing, but somehow the people who make Bond films think that's a good thing. Yeah. So, I mean, the best example I can think of for that is uh, uh, License Revoked, uh, or License to Kill for us dummy Americans who don't know what revoked means. (laughs) Uh, when he gets in the semi mm-hmm. and he puts it into first gear and steps in the accelerator and the front end lifts up. <laughs> no, but he actually Which gets it to tilt on happen. its side. That's, that's yeah, that that's almost as silly. But the idea that <laughs> a semi where the engine is up front and, you know, that is going to tick off with such vehemence and force that the front end comes up. Something that's never happened, but don't worry, James Bond is doing it, so he's really pressing down that pedal that special way that makes the front end come up. It it looks it looks good. Well, that kind of ties into uh, my best and worst. 
what the fuck? Because uh, my uh-huh. my least favorite Bond movie, uh, and I can say this with sureness, uh, is Die Another Day. Uh, <laughs> that is the one that that I literally <laughs> left the theater. I was I was angry. I was so angry. Uh, and Bond films don't typically make me angry because they're Bond films. But that one, I just I I just was. I'm like, first of all the guy with the diamonds in his face and the villain turns out to be a North Korean that's had the plastic surgery uh, and it just like everything and it was their 50th anniversary so they were throwing every little throwback in there Yeah, uh, I was just so aggravated by that entire thing but then you get to the what the fuck moment which is Bond like parasailing uh, oh, off of some sort of avalanche uh, Arctic, whatever. I don't. I can't even explain. CG it to you. abomination. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that just. I just get to that point, and I'm like, I will just. I will fucking kill you. Uh, don't yeah. ever do this again. It it basically erased any bad feelings I ever had about View to a Kill in 30 seconds. <laughs> and it was. Excuse me. Was View to the Kill the one with the hovercraft? Like, where uh, actually uh, takes that up over, like, uh, I don't know, a shopping bazaar or a park or something? Hmm. No. Which one was that? A, I think that was... Hovercraft Shopping Bazaar. That's a good I mean, question. Um, That's like, I wow, we're all it, yeah, like, with the end yeah, of, I know like, there's the, the submarine I, car scene. I know there's the one where he takes the boat and he, like, he, like jumps out of the Thames into the street... And they, you know, he's kind of like coasting along. Oh, that's world. Through the that's shopping. That's world is not enough. Yeah, yeah. But that's not a hovercraft. And then he's got like the gondola in Venice that becomes a hovercraft. And I think that's Moonraker. I don't know. There's too much weird shit with boats and Bond films to pick one. <laughs> yeah, it which, might have it, been Moonraker. I think it's Moonraker. I think you might be onto something there. Okay, uh, I'm going with that. Although, so it, okay, I have to go to bat for one scene and die another day. And okay. that, despite the fact that the stealth car technology thing was retarded, the actual supercar battle scene where they're driving through the ice palace and skidding on the ice and shooting rockets at each other and shit, yeah. that, was, that was entertaining. Yeah, but you're a guy that has uh. worked designing video games for a living, so I can see how that would make sense. Yeah. I, I think it was the moment where it it really started the Fast and the Furious franchise, which, let's face it, oh, is yeah. now the Bond franchise. Oh. <laughs> you're not helping. Yeah, not for that reason alone, fuck these people. Yeah. yeah, you're not helping your case at all, Brian. You're not helping. <laughs> I, we, I come here to mock Bond and bury him. <laughs> oh, oh, God. No, I. Uh, what the fuck moments? I don't know why they do it, though. I mean, they, they, they go back to the first one where it's like, okay, let's get really silly. Actually, I, I have a friend, uh, Kevin, who I do the other uh, um, difficult podcast with, who told me, the I guess, the origin of all these Bond films and books yeah. was, it's a spoof. It was uh, uh, Ian Fleming making fun of just how boring and do-nothing the British... Uh, Secret Service was, and so it's this hilarious idea of them actually doing things and in an actiony kind of way instead of being stodgy old men. <laughs> and so the films in, were already silly, and so when it goes that one step further, I 
can't remember actually any of the Connery ones having that moment of huh. Oh, Thunderball! Except maybe the went one in there. Vegas. No, because you gotta you gotta go to uh, you only live twice for just basically that set the template for all of the uh, massive ridiculousness that comes after. Because uh, or maybe maybe Doctor No with the white guy playing the Chinese guy but with no uh, hands. I, that's that was just the times. I mean, you might as well go well Mickey Rooney and Breakfast at Tiffany's. Ugh. I mean, that's just what they did. So yeah. I don't think you can. That's just. That's just cheeseball Hollywood antics right there. I mean, you can watch the progression, right? There's like the knife in the boot in from Russia with love, and then they one-upped everything with Goldfinger, and then they tried to one-up Goldfinger with Thunderball, and it just kind of kept going. Yeah. Well, and then you have secret Japanese lairs uh, and ninjas, which is funny because that's because that's that script was written by Roald Dahl. And so when I watch it, I just keep that in mind. That, okay, that makes perfect sense that the guy that creates Willy Wonka is going to do this. Because the, yeah. because the book is basically about Bond hiding in some garden shed on Blofeld's remote Japanese estate waiting for an opportunity to go bludgeon him to death or something. I mean, that's pretty much the book. And I, if you watch the movie, you're like, where the, where the fuck is the book? It's, oh, it's Roald Dahl doing Willy Wonka, but he's making it James Bond. I mean, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Isn't that the one with uh, Donald Pleasance as yeah. Blofeld? Yeah, and and he almost gets onto the spacecraft, and then they stop him, and Blofeld says, "Do you know how I knew you weren't an astronaut because you didn't take off your air conditioning vent or whatever?" It was such a <laughs> kind of moment. Uh... That yeah, that's almost acceptable just for comedy, but again, it's only comedy if you know. Well, it's plus, it's the one where they make Bond a Japanese man through plastic surgery so he can infiltrate. It's like none Speaking of that of makes any sense. Well, it's not like whitewashing, <laughs> but none of it, if you watch it, it makes no sense. Basically, okay, we're going to turn you into a Japanese man. You're going to sit here with this fishing village. You're going to marry this woman so they don't find out who you are, and then you're going to infiltrate. Yeah. It's like, well, you didn't have to do any of that. You could have just jumped right to the ninjas attacking the volcano. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. 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 So... <laughs> Huzzah! But I guess I mean, Connery thought it was his last one, so whatever. Yeah, I guess security was so tight on that island. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so that's a, so a what, let's see. That's a what the f- the fuck moment. So what the fuck moments? Uh, okay, worst treatment of a woman. Oh God! Because Bond to me, like my biggest complaint is always it goes from just the simple oh you're the new woman I'm gonna fuck this movie and completely forget about anything that happened before to him beating the shit out of Maude Adams in uh, Man with the Golden Gun. <laughs> I I shouldn't laugh I, at that. I. <laughs> <laughs> But I just I shouldn't laugh at that. But yeah. goddamn it, that's funny. But I just yeah. but I just watched Man with the Golden Gun again uh, like two days ago, so it's still fresh. So I know what you mean. What's the line? She says something like, "You're hurting my arm," and he says, "I'll break it if you don't tell me what I want to know." Yeah. Oh, and that's Roger Moore. Oh, he's yeah. he's supposed to be the nice one. But they, I think I think there was probably some kind of negative fallout from. Uh, Bond crying in the end of Majesty's Secret Service, and so they said, "Now let's go back to Connery and his wife beating ways." Yeah. You know? Oh, and let's give him massive sideburns while we're at it because it's the seventies. <laughs> I gotta say though that 
the way they handled Monica Bellucci and Spectre was really uncomfortable to watch. Which part? Uh, like, okay, I've only... I haven't seen it in a while, but I, my recollection is that it's at the tail end of an action scene where Bond kills her husband, like, in front of her, and then immediately starts date-raping her. Oh, her! Okay, I, I got the actresses mixed up. Yeah, that was... that was Yeah. Oh, come on. It yeah. Was, it was all consensual. <laughs> it was consensual, but it was like... <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna. Her thing is, I'm gonna go home to get murdered because these people are horrible. Uh, I'm walking out into the ground. I think she knew she was about to get popped, and then he kills those guys. And now she's gonna fuck the other guy with the gun. Yeah, it was a little weird, but I didn't care because she's 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 hot as the surface of the sun. I love her, and and she's the oldest Bond. Yeah, see, Bond girl as a term itself is kind of. Douchey, basically, you know the Bond uh, semen bucket. She she's like the oldest Bond semen bucket of any of the films. <laughs> oh, keeping it Worst. classy, keeping it classy. God. Yep. There's AI so much bad treatment things. of women. I don't know how to like sort it. <laughs> it's a tough, and I don't know how women ever go to these films. I mean, like I I talk to uh, you know my wife and you know friends at work and anyone who's a woman about Bond films and they're always like he's such a pig I want him you know it's <laughs> I think that's why you have to cast somebody like Daniel Craig actually no my wife doesn't say that she just says he's a fucking pig anytime anybody talks about liking Bond films it's like ugh yeah but that's kind of the, the point more or less but right but it makes me wonder why go there why why does why is Bond such a pig because the men wanted to be that way they wanted it to work like i can be a jackass and get laid it's total so total it's male like fantasy the, the male fantasy that kind of early 60s playboy had right i mean that's that idea of life should be this way i see a lot of that in him well, here's a, he's always so dickish to everybody, though, because he's just so... He's li- basically living off of the, the crown's dime, and he's right. basically living like a prince. And they always insert, at least with the Connery stuff, they always insert the little scenes where it's, it's he's schooling M on whatever uh, the the vintage of the wine is or the brandy or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's and it's always just like a giant fuck you... Uh, which I guess establishes... There is no vintage to Port Bond. Oh, speaking of the original wine. Oh, well... <laughs> yeah, it's a wonderful uh, vintage 15, blah, blah. And, like, I don't think they yeah. made it that year. I was speaking of the original vintage in 1815. <laughs> I mean, it's just... Meh. So, yeah, mass, yeah, massive, massive problems all around. But I watched mm. them repeatedly. Uh, <laughs> every Thanksgiving and every Christmas when that uh, TBS uh, marathon would come on it's like oh no this is that one that didn't quite suck quite so much <laughs> yeah basically yeah so uh, uh, so okay so he's 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 a dick to women we know that he's a dick to women he somehow hasn't uh, uh, made a kid that we know uh, of. I wonder if they st- I wonder if they sterilize 007s so that they can, you know, <laughs> fuck like crazy and not oh, make it. Oh, if I'm James Bond, I'm getting a vasectomy on day one. <laughs> like, there's no fucking way I'm taking that chance. Yeah. 
uh, uh, yeah. Just that or Q or a Q scene with the new uh, MI6 condom. You just leave it on, no matter what. You're always and it floats to a hot air balloon if you need uh. one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it fires little pins. Yeah, it fires little darts. Right. Uh. Uh, and and the f- the final prepared question I had for our discussion: Who is this psychopath anyway? Because he seems to be born out of nowhere. He kills without any compunction. I mean, I don't really ever see him not kill someone when he could kill them. Uh, so, like, shooting, killing, knifing, not a problem. Uh, and yet he's always kind of between 30 and 40, which goes to that old idea that maybe they're replacing agents with someone else and giving him the name James Bond along with the number 007. Yeah, unless you uh, are, are they go to view to a kill, in which case he's basically able to go to IHOP and have the senior platter at the discount. <laughs> yeah, they didn't retire him in time. Uh, and so uh, basically, Roger Moore just looks winded through that entire movie. Uh, <laughs> he said so. Yeah, he he even said I I you know by by the by the time we were you know like halfway through shooting that thing, I was tired. I wanted to go home. Yeah, I don't believe for a second that. Uh, that thing with you—you you want to talk about the date rapey quality of Bond, him and what's her name, Tanya Roberts. Tanya Roberts, mm-hmm. yeah, could have been his daughter easily. Oh, easy. <laughs> you know who I think is doing all of the Bond mythos right is the Kingsman, where they are taking on the code names and they're training people up and yeah. they're making them compete to become. Yeah. But here's the thing with that is they even they seem awfully fixated on anal sex though, and that kind of is weird to me. Yeah, I I think that they at least acknowledged. Maybe they didn't acknowledge it. I can't remember. I just remember watching Kingsman and being so disturbed, like deeply disturbed, at the scene where um, Colin Firth kills like 50 people yeah, in that church that and they write it too off far. they write it off as well they used that mind control hoobly do to make him do that but it was like it was like violence against people who didn't have it coming but were supposed to be okay with that well yeah, but that goes hero, back this ladies is, and gentlemen yeah, but this is the exact same conversation i think we had after uh total recall when they have this chase sequence through the airport security or whatever and they're using those mm-hmm. automatic rifles, and people are just getting obliterated because it's a Verhoeven movie. Uh, yeah, and I remember and coming out, and, and that was the first complaint that you had <laughs> was that all these innocent people yeah. are dying, and, and it just was like, "What? Did we even watch the same movie? I don't know." <laughs> Eric, do you live in perpetual fear of being like collateral damage? No, I think if you're going to kill somebody in a movie, it should be somebody who has it coming. You know, that's fair. I don't like the the victimless murder is just like death for comedy's sake, and that's I don't know, it's fucked up. Um, I have the same problem with RoboCop, the first one with the guy in the uh, the boardroom who gets obliterated by the yeah. what, Ed two oh nine. Yeah, I'm like, I don't one, I don't get why that's funny, and two, uh, I don't get why that's funny. No, there is no two. It's just I I. I <laughs> You know, violence has its place. I get that, but when it's used that way, it, it, yeah, it disturbs me. And when I watch Bond films, bring it back to this, when he's killing the bad guy, I get it. When he's killing his henchman, I get it. When he's 
blowing up shit with you know guys who just showed up for work. That's kind of it's kind of fucked up. All right. Well, let's. I'm not even sure I'm okay with the henchmen. Like these guys are just punching the clock. I mean, like uh, top job. Oh and, sure. Uh, those guys. Odd job. Yeah. Well, it's like odd job. Uh, huh. Well, that that brings it into another uh, question that I figured somebody would ask at some point. But what's what's your favorite henchman? Ooh, that's a good question. Like of all of the uh, the f- the fifty some odd years of Bond, my favorite henchman. Okay, I like. Okay, this is why. The, the, okay, my favorite henchman, and I can't think of his n- fucking name. Um, you guys go ahead. I'll look it up. <laughs> so this one like doesn't hold up to objective scrutiny, but I was fucking like seven, right? So it has to. Go, I have to go with Jaws, and I know he sucks. Uh. But it made such an impression <laughs> on me at the time. I can't yeah. really let it go. Well, Jaws in, in and of himself is a, is a good henchman uh, in that cartoony fashion. Uh, so I don't mind him. I don't like what they did to him in Moonraker. No. Uh, yeah. I thought that was a little above and beyond. But that was like the 70s when they were just weirdly taking just bit players and dropping them in multiple movies. Like J.W. Pepper. Him, like, the- they gave him like the John Hughes nerd end of the movie girlfriend. Yeah. See, I think I think Jaws sucked. was so popular they were trying to find a way to work him into every yeah uh every Bond film, and the only way they could get away with that, you know, and not ultimately hate Jaws because he's a bad guy is make him a good guy. But I could be wrong, or you could be right. Uh, all right, just may be the lunatic you're looking <laughs> for. Yes. There's your Billy Joel reference okay. right there. We had to work that in. Okay, my favorite, my favorite henchman uh, is uh, Renard from uh, "The World Is Not Enough." Mm. The oh, Robert okay. Carlyle yeah, yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because, and I love that because that's the one film where they flipped it, and the Bond girl was actually the supervillain, yep. and the supervillain was actually the henchman. And when I got that watching it, I went, oh, okay, something original. That's great. Um, <laughs> Except for... I, I like that, and I love that like that, that scene before he dies, you know, after he's already killed his, you know, the arch-villain girlfriend. And he says, do you think she's waiting for me right before Bond kills him? It's this moment of, yeah, he wasn't evil. He was in love, and it was kind of sweet. See, when I watch it, all, very disturbing way. all I could see was Begbie uh, watching <laughs> yeah. that one. Oh, that too, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I yeah. just so like... The whole theme yeah. of that, like, yeah. Bond villains should have been way cooler than they were based on previous roles. Yeah. What, what's your favorite henchman, Chris? Let's... My favorite henchman? Uh, I don't know if he counts as a henchman, uh, but from Russia with Love, Red Grant, uh, played by Robert Shaw. Okay. Uh, I mean, he just that that to me is the where they kind of apexed with uh, the baddies in the series because he pretty much was toe for toe, and then you get to that train fight at the end or towards the end, and uh, every even when I watch it now, I'm thinking, man, this was shot in like 1964, 63, whenever it was, and it's just brutal. It just everything about it still matches up today. I mean, it could go head-to-head with any action sequence from a, a modern flick, and I think it would it would hold up equally well. But it's just, but Red Grant from start to finish is just sort of the, the antithesis of Bond. He's just the cool, calculated machine. 
uh, and he's just very menacing. And I don't get that feeling from any other henchman in any of the other movies. Yeah. So, E, you were going for yeah. a favorite villain. Yeah. Um, my favorite villain is uh, Javier Bardem from... Uh, um, <laughs> from Skyfall. I'm sorry. I fucking loved that speech about the rats. I, I, every now and again, I jump on YouTube just to watch it again because I think he was fucking great. I think the caught-on-purpose plot point was dumb in that film, and I think that was like a year or two of caught-on-purposes. Uh, yeah, that, it was you know, just, just, an obvious take was an on the Joker role. from The Dark Knight. And, eh. Yeah. But but I, I think as a, a, a an arch-villain, yeah, I liked him most. Until he started acting like the Joker, I'll agree with you, but like the having the train and the subway rigged up to explode and come through the wall just in case you should escape that way. Yeah. That's not the character, though. That's the situation, exactly. the plot that they wrote in. That's, uh, I think, Purvis and Wade, the, you know, cocksmokers who, who wrote uh, Die Another Day, who put in that junk. Hey man, um, if you guys are gonna start bagging on with Nail and I, I'm just gonna leave. That's <laughs> I'm just gonna say that right now. <laughs> I agree but, with you yeah. that up to that point he was a very compelling villain. Let's put it this way. I like him as the arch enemy the most because Javier Bardem did the best job. Whatever they wrote for that character aside, Javier Bardem fucking owned it. <laughs> I'll I'll give you that. I'm always partial and, and it kills me. I'm always partial to Christopher Walken and Vito a kill just because it's Christopher Walken <laughs> in a Bond movie. And it, yeah. I don't I don't care like whatever is spouting out of his mouth, but I just it, I mean I would love to see him uh as Goldfinger because you give him doing the famous line. It's like do you expect me to talk Goldfinger? Yeah. Uh no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. And you give the Walken delivery. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm like, man, you know who so, that was supposed to be? Do you know who that was suppo- who was supposed to play that part? Goldfinger? And it makes so much more sense. No, uh 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 um Zoran. Uh, Z- Zoran? Yeah. David David Bowie. Okay. Think of I, think of I, I how he's that. doing Zoran throughout the thing with the blonde hair with the effete kind of <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. It's it, it's it was they wanted Bowie. I I still think that would have been <laughs> I would have forgiven almost everything else about that film if they had gotten Bowie with uh, uh, an M5 shooting all of his uh, workers in the mine. Yeah. That would <laughs> well, have been the shit. But, but technically, when they made Labyrinth, that's the movie. So that worked out. <laughs> Bowie shooting all the goblins with, with a machine gun. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. But Christopher Walken You're could be like... You're all going to die in this mine. Who do? You do. Do you die in this mine? <laughs> uh, all right. So as far as uh, the 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 villains we've done, the henchmen, uh, but we never really touched on like the the Bond woman, Bond girl, whatever. Well, we haven't uh, done big bads. Right. I mean, Eric did his big bad. Yeah. Um. Uh, I think you have one coming. I I'm struggling with it. I'll be honest. I like the spy who loved me. Just, but that is more like because I liked his lair. Than necessarily the villain. I, like, I can't remember. Spy I like the gape, the gaping I, maw that opens up on the ship. I mean, mm-hmm. I always, I always felt that was really uh, weirdly sexual. For Swallowing the submarines. One. Yeah, the one with the ship that eats up the submarines and he steals the submarines yeah. and he's yeah. going to start a nuclear war. That one, okay. It's all very uh, odd. 
I just know the song because I sing it at karaoke every chance I get. Well, here's the thing: the the open or the the bit from the, uh, Alan Partridge, where he talks about "Spy <laughs> Who Loved Me," uh, that alone is worth the price of admission for that movie because it's like that is basically every <laughs> every fan talking about their favorite Bond movie, and that's that moment in five minutes. It's amazing. And again, I think the timing has a lot to do with that, right? Like that movie came out when I was at peak like just vulnerability to the bond ethos and it, well it was it, pretty it much getting mark. play yeah because that came out in like 76 i think mm-hmm. uh and then so when we were old enough to recognize then that would have started yeah. playing on tv etc so that makes sense yep i think my bond fascination goes back further than that because they would play them like a lot on ABC Movie of the Week yeah. tonight. On ABC. To, yeah, my 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 parents tell me that like going back further than I can remember, I was into James Bond because my middle name was James, and so I every time I heard James, I was like, huh? And so yeah, I apparently would just be all over those movies every time. My mom actually tells me, my my dad told me I should say that. Uh, while watching, um, what's the Vegas one again? Uh, Diamonds are forever. Di- watching Diamonds are forever when he does the uh, two wheel wheelie into the into the alley. Yeah, and then he comes out the other side on the other two wheels inexplicably. That I had called it out like, how does he do that? How, I don't understand. Wait a minute, he went in on his left <laughs> wheel and he came out on his right wheels, and I'm six. And he's like, that's good. I didn't see that. <laughs> but in your mind, that's not an acute. That's not a continuity error. That's Bond being awesome, like flipping the car in the alley somehow. No, I yeah. I, I read yeah. that as Eric just being a dick, being a oh. six year old dick. <laughs> yeah, also yeah. possible. So, but I was like watching those things way back, and so I think I'm almost a little uh, uh, poisoned in my uh, ability to objectively criticize Bond because it's no longer just a series of so-so movies it's it's hammered into my brain the same way most children get christianity hammered into their brains well the th- you know? i think what propels <laughs> you, me to you watch catch, them you catch us when our heads are still soft and so when we we see this stuff it's got a little too much importance well for me what propels me to keep watching them at no matter which one they they dredge up because uh, they're so inconsistent uh is that if you look back at it objectively they're very weird reflections of the time in which they were made and that to me is fascinating when i watch them now because it's like oh because you can see the transition even through connery uh where it just becomes this weird self-parodying uh entity because by the time you get to uh you only live twice you've already got the Derek flint movies you've got you know matt helm matt helm and all of that stuff that later gets folded into the mixer and comes out as austin powers so you can start to see that change and then you get into the 70s where it's roger moore and then the lapels get wider and inexplicably they put marvin hamlish in charge of the disco music that's running the score (laughs) and it just it's this weird cycle and then you get into the 80s and dalton comes along and then they're worried about AIDS and whatnot, so let's make them. Oh, they had the full-on '80s drug movie, like yeah. with Robert Davi and all yeah. that shit. Yeah, basically, yeah, which is like uh, the Bond version of Scarface. Killed uh, my partner. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Moonraker reflecting the Star Wars craze. Uh, I mean, it just—it's all very weird when you look back and you can kind of see the historical touch points. 
And then you realize it's yeah. like, well, they're just Bond isn't anything exceptional. They're just basically mining the zeitgeist in order to sell a bunch of tickets, and it makes perfect sense. It's like they're it's, it's just broccoli being a showman, and then it kind of cheapens it somehow. But then I'm fascinated, and then I watch again, and it's just this endless cycle. History of action cinema. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably why we can look then at the current Bond film, whatever it is, and go, oh, ah, but give so much reverence to the previous ones because they're tied to a time. Mm -hmm. It's like we're no longer judging them as films. We're judging them as what we were doing in, you know, 1981. Or 1964. (laughs) Yeah. At least they're time capsules. (laughs) Basically. Right. And I might go on record uh, that uh, Thunderball is the... uh, or not Thunderball, it's Goldfinger, when they open with Bond. Uh, I'd just like to point out that he's wearing a blue uh, male romper uh, near the pool. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so he's the original hipster. I'm just going to say that now. He was into the rompers yeah. before they were cool, that's for sure. Yeah. Rompers. <laughs> rompers. <laughs> I want to say real quick, my favorite uh, Bond uh, uh, uh Semen bucket. I know. I know. I said it was the one from Spectre, but uh, special mention goes to uh, Carol Bouquet because she used to be a man, and then she had the surgery, and she became a woman. And that's there's something kinky about that that I appreciate. <laughs> that sounds like something that would be on Snopes. I learned something new today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to look that one up. I think that's horseshit. <laughs> you look it up, my friend. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I one will. more thing to defend to Eye Another Day. It had Rosamund Pike in it. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. that's true. But she had a, she had a career anyway. Yeah, she's so much better <laughs> than the rest that she's done. Um, nobody does it better. Oh. Wah wah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's, uh, I I can never now get past uh, Tiffany Case from Diamonds Are Forever. Tiffany Case. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Jill, what was her name? Jill St. John? I think it was. Uh, uh, yeah. Because she's... Yeah, the, the wisecrack and American Bond girl. Yeah. yeah. That one was definitely... I think you watch Diamonds Are Forever and you can see every uh, uh, um, Austin Powers movie. It's like, that's the one where... Yeah, well, yeah, because they it's decided they were making a comedy. Vegas Desert, etc. But it's... I think it comes into... Uh, but also Blofeld inside the little submarine that they're trying to get in the water with the crane, <laughs> and he's actually he yelling at him. He against the fucking pylon. Yeah, Funk. Get me into Funk. the water, you you jerk. What am I doing? Throw me a boon. Put me in the water. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's got one of my favorite Connery lines, though. Well, actually, a couple of them. Uh, but when he first meets her uh, in the Tiffany Case apartment... Uh, and there's a there's a couple in that scene, but she's wearing like a blonde wig when he's when he walks in, and then she comes out, and she's redhead, and he's like, "Weren't you a blonde when I first saw you?" Yeah. Uh, and she's like, "Well, does it matter?" He's like, "Well, as long as the color and the cuffs match." Mm-hmm. And he like leaves her hanging. It's like, "Oh, you fucking pig!" <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then she like goes off to do his fingerprint check or whatever to verify who he is. Uh, and then she comes back in in this slinky nighty thing, and then it's just like a perfect. Connery delivery. It's like that's a lovely almost nothing you're wearing. It's like, oh dude, just stop. Just fucking stop. <laughs> and then they get to the 
the ga- like uh, where they're at the casino later, and it's just for some inexplicable reason at the crap table. The very buxom girl comes up and just starts talking to him, and just out of the blue tells him that her name is Plenty O'Toole. And he and he just yeah. looks at it, he looks her up and down and says, "Named after your father, no doubt." It's like, oh god damn it, just stop. So that's all the that's where they I can see where they would roll that into Austin Powers because it just it perfectly fits. I I I you know and Bond girls with goofy names I think the those are fun I I like the the whole lot of vagina thing from Austin Powers but I don't get in um a Quantum of Solace uh, Strawberry Fields she <laughs> says her name is just Fields she never says Strawberry Fields but in the credits it says <laughs> Strawberry Fields. <laughs> And I'm like, there's a dirty joke in there somewhere, I'm sure. Probably having something to do with, like, you know, uh, red pubes, probably. Maybe. But they never go there. And I'm like, why did you bother then? Did they script it and then roll their eyes in editing and go, ah, oh, fuck this, we can't do it. But we already shot it, so. Well, and not only that, then you, you actually, they go full tilt in, in Moonraker and you have, uh, was it Dr. Holly Goodhead? Goodhead. It's like, are you serious? When that one comes out, it's like, come on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So so she's she went to medical school whatever she became a doctor so that she could give good head it's like okay I get it whatever uh, it's so tires yeah. so tiresome but you know whatever <laughs> <laughs> good head uh I think we've mined the depths of what everything we find wrong with Bond anybody have any final thoughts on uh with the one thing we didn't touch fuck? on was uh was a uh, Bond theme Gotta do that. Oh, you, you oh, can't. Bond you can't themes. do that's Bond without different... Bond theme. I think. Yeah, my 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 thinking is that that's completely that flips the script completely. I can't think of. Yeah, I can't think of any Bond themes I don't like. Uh, even uh, it, it took me a while to get warmed up to Skyfall, but uh, I did. Well, I like the alternate Bond themes, the ones that were done that weren't selected. My favorite know. is the Alice Cooper Man with the Golden Gun. That is the most batshit insane possible theme song. It's like, oh, yeah. good lord! Uh, I know, I know, Blondie did one too. I just, I have to go look those up. Somebody, there's a post out there of alternate Bond themes, and somebody posted all of the songs. You know, I'll, I'll find a link to it and I'll post it um, on our on our thing. I'm gonna post a link to that, and I'm gonna post a link to. Oh, what did you mention? Um, oh, yeah, that—that's right. Alan Partridge talking about uh, was it Spy Who Loved Me? Yeah, I'm gonna go to bat for one that I think is underappreciated, and that's "The World Is Not Enough." I think that is a phenomenal Bond theme. I like that a lot. That's a bunch yeah, of I, lo- I like that one a that's lot. That's a bunch of garbage. Garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say okay. If I have to pick a least favorite theme and I still kind of like it, it would be Goldeneye. Because one, it's written by U2 and fuck those guys. And two, it's sang it's sung by Tina Turner with this weird kind of Goldeneye. It doesn't sound like English. But otherwise, uh, I got no complaints. She's trying to be Shirley Bassey. Yeah, that's another thing. All Shirley Bassey themes are brilliant. Because yeah, she had what two or three? three. No, she had three. Because Moonraker, it was... Moonraker, Goldfinger, and uh, Moonraker. Yeah, Moonraker, Goldfinger, and something else. Wait, 
Moonraker, Goldfinger. Where the diamonds are forever. Yes. Yeah. That of course. Yes. I said Moonraker twice. Exactly. I'm such I'm such a Blofeld. <laughs> okay. Well, for me, uh, I think it's just because it, it hit right at the time when I was of MTV age. Uh, but view to a kill because it's Duran Duran. It's the most cheese ball, like just obvious Bond anthem. But it, it I'll, it's I'll stop not, and listen I'm, that, to it. The funny thing. The funny thing, okay, at some point, uh, uh, Broccoli came to uh, Simon Le Bon about auditioning for Bond, mm-hmm. and he may have even done it, but they, uh, his, his thing to Broccoli was, look, when are you going to get back to having good Bond themes? And Broccoli was like, well, shit, you want to do one? And they said, yeah, we want to do one. And so they did View to a Kill. It becomes a huge hit, and from that point on, uh, they made the Bond theme a an important element again. It's like it was an important element after Doctor No, where they didn't have a song really, uh, but they started getting chart toppers, uh, and then it just sort of fell into adult contemporary. And Duran Duran, they're the ones who kickstarted it again. Okay, I will. Uh, I'll grant you that one. But I was like, I was like Honor Majesty's Secret Service because they just do the John Barry music. Um, and, yeah. it's, and it's the best score, in my opinion, uh, of the lot, uh, and they use it yeah. very well. So that's kind of the anomaly. I love the I love the I love the score from. Um, why Why am I spacing all the titles? The first, uh, uh, the Living Daylights. I love the John Barry score for Living Daylights because it's a John Barry score. It's mixed with all that horrible '80s electronic music. <laughs> I th- but it's done it, as as tastefully as you can make a Casio keyboard. It, I think, it, it does that. Uh, let me just stop you there because you you've just had an aha moment. Uh, you right, uh, guys. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, that's too fucking good. I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> I think right. I think we should end on a high note there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bam. We're going to be linking off to the uh, Alan Partridge link of uh, him discussing The Spy Who Loved Me because Ryerson brought that up and he was right. It's awesome. Also wanted to link out to the uh, article on the trans Bond girl or the... I'm not sure what the proper language is anymore. The the transsexual Bond girl, I think, is okay. Is transsexual the word we're supposed to use now? The transgender? Transgender Bond girl. Yeah, so I'll link out to that, because it was not the woman I said. It was actually someone who was just on the side, but was technically a Bond girl, but it wasn't the, the lead in For Your Eyes Only, so I'll link to that. And... Uh, yay!